Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener, to episode 31 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And you know Mo is here. Hey, everybody. I am ready to get into another edition of the podcast. But first, I love to kick off the show by reading some fourth listener email. And we have a couple of pieces to talk about. So we have a couple so of fourth listeners. So is it going to be fourth listener A and fourth listener B? That The math yeah, doesn't oh, add up there. Oh, that's, or, oh, no. Fourth oh, listener no. Alpha yeah, what are you beta? doing? My world is crumbling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've got a fifth listener. What the hell? No, no. No, no, no. No, no, no we can't. Uh, let's not get full of ourselves here. We're going to have them take turns. Okay. <laughs> Corey, the namesake of the uh, Corey video game rating system that we have used on the podcast many, many times. He messaged me on Facebook, and he just had a couple of quick comments. Uh, I must say, he is spot on. Remember last episode, we uh, talked about, George, you saw the Skyscraper film with Dwayne <laughs> oh, Johnson, geez. right? Oh, yeah. I can't only imagine what Corey had to say about Skyscraper. <laughs> he really just wanted to talk about missed opportunities he said i can't believe when george said a one-legged man that nobody said in an ass kicking contest true true all right fair <laughs> good enough. point good point you talked george about the fact that Dwayne ran off the edge of that scaffold and <laughs> leaped to the building right yeah. you said he dropped like a stone and Corey said and nobody said because he's the rock oh, uh, rock. oh. yeah wow enough. we must have been slacking we were way that off day. our game yeah, yeah we're falling asleep on that one so <laughs> the bad good pun button must have been turned off it was still day. a terrible movie all right shifting gears <laughs> another fourth listener chad wrote in and he had a long email and we're actually going to use part of his email it has inspired a backtrack that's coming later yeah, so i'm not going to read cool. that part oh, of the email okay all right but later on in his email so he says hey guys dot 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 through the rest of the email then he says, one last thing. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> the board games that had VHS tape that was part of the game? Oh, yes. hell 
yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says, I had one that was NFL based and you had to figure out what the result of the play would be. NFL I may have had a version based. of Clue like that yep. as well, but that might, might be misremembering, he says. So absolutely. VHS board oh, yeah. games. The ones I remember the most are the horror ones. Uh, do you remember yep. uh, uh, Nightmare? Nightmare. That was the one we played like. I don't know, every week, John, there for like a year, I, know. I think. Yeah. It was crazy. And the staring contest in that damn game. Holy hell. <laughs> yep. Nightmare was cool because it, it and they they put out expansions to it. They had like the the witch and the zombie and different guys. Yeah, the the guy who was like the Rastafarian zombie guy. What was right? Remember him? Yep. Yeah, uh, I remember there was a Star Trek Next Generation themed one as there well. There was we, with the guy who played uh, the Chancellor of the Klingon Empire, Robert O'Reilly as Galron. That's yeah. right. Yep. But I don't think was he Galron in the game. I don't know. Maybe not. Robert O'Reilly but, was yeah. the host though. Right, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there a Borg one as well, or was there they're just the Klingon one, mm. or was that the video games that were on CD? Maybe that was the video games. Got it. It's all blurring now, but I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> did you ever try any of these, Mo? Yeah, I played the Clue one for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, Clue. So Chad did remember correctly. Yes, there was a Clue one, and then there was another one that we played, and they were so stupid because you really could only play them once, like a murder mystery <laughs> kind of thing. I can see that kind. Yeah, you only could. Yeah, you know, it was like it was like one of these how to host a murder kind of party things, and then as yep, you did sure. stuff, you had to shake on the v, you know, you had to go to the VCR and say, oh well, we did this and we did that and they had dvds when they came out too they used to have it and they were a little bit better because you could go to specific you could like, go to tracks, chapters, change right. tracks. Yeah. well the nightmare ones were very clever in that they would say okay roll the dice and then they put up a menu on the screen and you had to do one of those things so it did change a little bit sometimes or they would yell stop and whoever's turn it was was the one that had to yeah. do something so that's right. why they kept it it wasn't like a mystery at the end with the song it depended on who you were playing with too because like some of the games were based on who was the oldest or youngest that's right that yeah. kind of thing so right. who you were playing with might make things different. I actually have all of those uh, nightmare ones ripped down off of VHS and in oh, my really? media library. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I played them off of there maybe once, but VHS is only going to last so long. So I digitize yeah, it. That's that would point. make a hell of a live stream, you know, now thinking about it. Can you imagine all of us playing that as a live stream game? <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I would expect so. Oh, man. That makes my head hurt just thinking about the logistics <laughs> of that. That would be really cool. <laughs> so Chad wraps up by saying, Still loving the show. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on uh, any or all of these things. Chad, thank you so much for writing in. Man, that's awesome. We appreciate you. Sweet. Yeah, very cool. And with that, I think it's time to get into the show. A recent taste test proved that Diet 7-Up tastes better than the other leading diet drinks. Here, let me help you with this. This news may dramatically increase demand. Let's kick off the media portion of our show by talking about the things that we are watching or listening or reading in the world of media. Mm -hmm. And uh, as always, we'll start with the most important part, which is Wreck-It Ralph, only 41 <laughs> days away at the time of the publishing of this show. So that is coming up very shortly. Uh, that's where I will be on November 21st. But, Mo, what have you been watching? I watched this new series on Netflix called Maniac. Have you guys heard of this thing? Oh, okay. Yes. I Didn't I no. suggest that to you? Yeah, you did. He told me like the yeah, first time. I guess he's heard of it then if he suggested yeah. it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's Emma. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yep. And what's his name? Fat guy that got lost weight. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> like one of 500,000. I don't know. Oh, actor fat guy. Actor fat guy actor that lost all the way. Is in War Dogs. Um, um, yep. I don't know that movie. All right. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah yep. Hill. Oh, okay. He gains and loses depending on the role. So. Yeah. So Emma Stone from EZA. And yep. Jonah Hill, Jonah fat Hill. guy that lost weight. Wait, yep. Jonah Hill weight. in the movie you came up with to represent Jonah Hill was War Dogs? Not like Super Bad <laughs> or any of the other. I'm talking about his good movies. <laughs> right. Moneyball. Wow, none of that. Super okay. Bad wasn't a good movie? What, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Oh. I like Weird Dogs better. Yeah. So tell us about Maniac. <laughs> so, John, when you said, oh, you guys see the show, and you said, the less you know about it, the better. Yep. I remember that, because you wouldn't tell me anything about it other than the title. And then even when I put it up in IMDb so I could save it, you're like, don't read anything. Right. I said, stop. I yeah, said, don't, don't read, read anything. Yeah. Just, just, just go watch it. So I did. And it's one of these shows where I'm not sure. I watched all of it. I watched every single episode. It was just so strange. I had to watch it. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily say it was good, but it was strange. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like. I mean, I did like it. I did, admittedly. Really, I mean, the thing that saved, I think, was the two main actors. I mean, their acting was amazing. So for those that haven't heard about it, give us the premise just a little bit so the listeners know. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was going to say, it didn't sound like he really watched the show. I think he read the cliff notes. I don't know. Right. There's, there's two basically very different people, and they both sign up for this medical trial for different reasons. Mm-hmm. This trial basically is supposed to cure you of like depression and self-doubt and all these things through this pretty radical treatment where they actually make you mm-hmm. relive the traumatic events. Right. Ooh, and then go. they give you this fantasy thing they inject afterwards to sort of counter it. And then you basically come to this realization and you're cured at the end. This, it was a very, very weird kind of topic. That's a great synopsis. <laughs> I don't know how to summarize this show, but that was a pretty good synopsis. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that sets it up. And it just gets weirder and weirder because you start going, it's kind of like these dreamscape things. So you're not sure what's real, what's not. It's a weird fantasy, mind fucky sort of stuff. Right. Yeah, I made it about halfway through and then I shifted gears and watched something else. It's one of those you have got to pay attention. You've got yeah. to focus. Yeah, it's not one you can watch and play with your phone. No, not at all. It was like I said, it was a great show. So I would definitely say you should. I would say I would recommend to watch it. Just understand that it's going to be weird. Now, when I said I shifted gears from Maniac, it's because I was on Netflix watching Maniac. And I'm like, okay, my brain is sore. I need to go look for something else. And I went browsing for a documentary. (laughs) And uh, inspired, George, by your $95 Buck Rogers pop final. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I came across a documentary called Making Fun, the Story of Funko. It wasn't making dollars or something? Was It wasn't called making bucks? No, it's not making fun of George. No, no. (laughs) It's a documentary on Netflix that's all about the origin of Funko. And I oh, okay. it really, it, and it's not about the toys. I, it, I mean, peripherally it is, it kind of is. You can't help it because that's their toy company. But it's really about the culture. I had no idea the fanaticism behind super fans of Funko and not just the pop vinyls. Actually, when the pop vinyls came out, a lot of uh, huge fans of Funko like weren't fans of that because they had done bobbleheads and wacky wobblers and all these other things they had done. And these pop vinyls were like kind of under new management tapped by the original guy, marketed branded things they bought licenses for. And a lot of the initial Fans of the company were like, pop vinyls, that's not good. That's not going to sell. Well, you know, here we are now, but. Right. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Is it of the caliber of the toys that made us? Mm, not not quite, maybe. It's more of interviews with the people who super fans and the origin uh uh, who created the company and their their corporate culture. But man, watching it, I, I, you get that feeling like, man, I would love to be part of a corporate culture like this, of these guys that just literally did what they thought was going to be fun and you know worked out of a garage and had a foosball table. And it's an uplifting thing to know that at least if I'm pumping this much money into a company, <laughs> it has a good soul, it seems at least. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you enjoy toys at all or uh, any kind of corporate culture, uh, documentary or documentaries in general, making fun the story of Funko, which is on Netflix now. Uh, I'd recommend you watch it. I think it's worth your time. That sounds yeah, pretty cool. I'll check it out, George. What do you had your uh, finger on the pulse of? 
Well, you guys know that I happen to enjoy comic books a little bit. A little this bit. This is the first time hearing of it. Is it yeah. the first you're hearing of it? Okay, I apologize <laughs> for that. I should have made that more clear. You should have mentioned it. A long time now, what got me back into comic books from when I used to collect them uh, back when I was a child was a gentleman named James Hake, and he works at Scout With Comics. Scout, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's now mm-hmm. the president of Scout Comics, which is yeah. kind of cool. He started off as a creator that they signed up uh, about three, three and a half years ago for his series Solar Flare, which I'm a huge fan of. I think it's a wonderful book. He's moving on up like the Jeffersons. He is. Now, since then, he's created two more series, uh, one called Long Live Pro Wrestling. (laughs) Then he's got a third book that really kind of touches what Gen X Grown Up is all about called The Mall, set in the mid-80s, three kids who inherit uh, stores in a mall from their illegitimate father who was also a mob boss that just died and willed them the store. Yeah, we've talked about the mall on the show before. We have, mm-hmm. and I've even got a right. review, a Comic Sans episode out on mm-hmm. the YouTube channel. That's right. So that comic book, as well as another one that I haven't read yet from Scout, which is brand new, called Long Lost. Both of those comic books just recently got optioned to be picked up as television shows. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some of the, the, those announcements like came out at Comic-Con or something recently, New York right? Comic-Con, I saw some news. They just made right. them official. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'd, fortunately, James and I are good friends. So he told me about a week before. So I've been kind of like sitting on the information, like, you know, waiting to be able to talk about it on our show here. Oh, he was in the in crowd. Yeah. I mean, it's really neat. Now, the <laughs> one interesting thing is the, the one for the mall, the production company that picked it up is Ivan Reitman's production company. Oh, right. Wow. So yeah, yeah. I saw that. Stri- and the Ghostbusters and all those classic 80s yeah. comedy films worked a lot with Bill Murray and all those guys. So since you told me about the fact that these I've been optioned for TV shows, I was super curious. and I was waiting to talk about it here and ask you. So does that mean that like they're greenlit for a pilot or for development or it doesn't mean that they've been picked up for five seasons or something, yet, right? They're still that, like, and, and this is according to James. The way they do their options are, the company that options the the property for television rights, for instance, right? They pay the creative company, in yep. this case, Scout Comics, a fee, and then they have the right to within three years develop that property for that medium, in this case, television. If they don't do it at the end of three years, I see the creative company, Scout Comics, has the ability to then shop that product out again and collect a whole new licensing fee from them or someone else. And this apparently happens quite often in the television and movie industry. Greatest American hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right now, Scout Comics has got two viable options. That's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really great. A small little yeah, Florida-based company. You know, we're all from Florida here, and we're all kind of coming up together, and they're really making good inroads. So I was, I'm super happy about that. Good for them. Good on them. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of comic books, I know you guys went and watched a movie without me again. Somebody want to tell me what that was? <laughs> Mo, go did ahead. Did you go see a movie without him? Yeah. Yeah, we went and saw Venom. Ah. We did. Well, it's the biggest thing on the radar right now. And, you know, I was like, I want to see a movie before I head out of town again. And the listings of stuff are pretty slim. Like, I want to see Littlefoot, yeah. a couple things out there. But it's like the elephant in the room. And the critics are bashing it. So I'm like, I want to see for myself, right? Okay. Yeah. And let me tell you, I, I was expecting it to be terrible, like truly terrible. It wasn't that bad. It was actually a pretty good movie, I thought. Okay. 
I'm not sure what the critics were all kind of getting all bent out of shape about. I have some information about that when you get ready for it, but I'm I'm waiting to hear what you thought more of the movie first. Oh, well, one is, I mean, Tom Hardy as an actor, I mean, he carried the movie, right? If it wasn't for him, I think it could have been a really, really horrible movie. It didn't necessarily follow the comic book as carefully, because I guess they just had to kind of insert Venom into this universe without Well, it depends on which Venom story you're talking about, too, right? Oh, I was thinking back to the original Secret Wars one. Oh, yeah. They've kind of abandoned that whole character creation point. He's been retconned so many times now. They're like, that never happened. (laughs) So, but besides that though, it was, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought special effects are great. I thought like the dynamic between Hardy and talking to Venom, like in his head was great. Mm -hmm. I kept watching it. So I sat down and I, from the moment the Marvel logo came up, I was like, I braced for, okay, I'm ready. I know it's going to be terrible because that's what all the critics said. (laughs) It's Catwoman bad is the quote that I had in my head. I I saw that too. Oh my God. I was like, like, oh boy. And I'm really braced for it. And when I got to the end, like it never elevated to a wow movie. But it never dipped down into the gutter. Yeah. First of all, it's not a Marvel movie. It's Marvel sanctioned, but it's Sony, right? Right. If Marvel yeah. had made this movie, everybody would have been up its butt and loving it, I think. But because it's Sony with the track record they have, <laughs> the Fantastic Four franchise and whatever, you know, I think people were ready to shit on it. And once somebody did, they dogpiled. That's my opinion, maybe, because it, it's it's better than a lot of crap I've seen lately. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I mean, there were like motivational questions, like, uh, I, I'm spoiler free, so I don't want to talk about any details, but like people like change their mind or their motivations modify or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, I don't really see where that came from. Right. But I can overlook that. It's a freaking comic book movie. I had <laughs> right. fun. I laughed several times. I, I looked great, like Mo said. So, you know what, critics? You can all get bent. Yeah. I'm glad I <laughs> went and saw it for myself, Frank. Let me give you a little clue a little bit about the critic controversy yeah, around I've been Venom, waiting for just this. in case. All right. Oh, there's a controversy, huh? There is a controversy around the criticism about this movie. I don't know if you guys ever watched American Idol back in the day, but either of you guys watched that back in the day when Mm-mm. it was super popular? Mm-mm. Just aware of its existence and never watched it. Yeah, me too. Way back in one of the earlier seasons, like sub 10, like probably around five or six, they had a singer on there who wasn't really, shouldn't have made it to the live show. Okay, right. And his sister didn't make it, although she was a much better singer, but he did. Anyway, there was the Howard Stern radio show. You guys know him, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Howard Stern convinced all of his listeners to vote this terrible singer into the higher rankings of the American Idol process. You remember right, back you then, voted American by Idol, calling on the phone, right? Calling on the phone. So he convinced all of his oh, listeners God. to go on and vote for this guy. So he mobilized his listener army to exactly. artificially... Get this Nobody guy. Nobody okay. cared about the guy. They didn't watch the show. They were just trying to mess with American Idol. That's all it Game was. Game the system. Have fun. Right. Yep. Same kind of thing happened here with the criticism on Venom, but for a more maybe slightly nefarious reason. There was another film that was also released this weekend that starred Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Star is Born. The people behind that film organized people to go online and write criticisms of Venom to try and dissuade people from seeing Venom this weekend and going to see A Star is Born instead. Man, seriously. And that's really? where all this big dog pile snowball kind of thing started. Really? I, I don't even see the logistics behind that. These are two completely different audiences. The people that yeah, would see Venom really. are 
are not the people like that would honey, what do you want to see, see this weekend. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's see, you know, Venom, and you know, if it's a couple, they're going to see a Star is Born. I mean, come yeah. on, <laughs> right? This is <laughs> not like Ants versus a Bug's Life. I mean, these are right. totally different films. But yeah, absolutely, they okay. were worried enough about the Venom box office because Venom did before the criticism started. Because if you go back and look, all the criticisms were well before the movie release on Friday. You go back right. and yeah. look, often is Venom was a very hotly anticipated film. A lot yep. of people were really looking forward to it because Venom's, sure. as Mo mentioned, he's a very seminal character in the Marvel Universe right now. He's one of those bad guys you love to read. Man, they just were really worried about Venom taking over the box office, so to speak, so much that they organized this quasi-critical protest, I guess you would call it. That's interesting. It's always true, regardless of what the motivations or what kind of nefarious things are happening in the background. This is another example of don't let the critics stop you from seeing something you're interested in. See it for yourself. Yeah. You know, there you go. What do you have to lose? It, it, it paid off for us because it was decent. Yeah. It, I'm saying it was close to actually convincing me not to see it, though, I have to admit. Really? Okay. Well, that's what because you said. Was, you know, when I was flying home, I texted Mo, said, so we're going to try to see Venom while I'm home this weekend? And he's like, I don't know. It looks pretty bad. I'm like, really? There you go. It almost worked. <laughs> yeah, Mo was like, let's go see uh, Let's go see the Lady Gaga film, he said to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing in the world like a good friend. You can say that again. Oh, Teddy Ruxpin is my friend. And Grubby's my friend too. That's me. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are gonna keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them. No fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work it's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20. That's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. Okay, guys, my inner geek needs some content here. Needs some nourishment for the inner nerd <laughs> toys. Some nourishment. <laughs> You guys have any good tech toys or apps or anything out there that you know I could take a look at? Well, since you said apps, I definitely have one. Although I'm not sure it's one that's going to appeal to our wider audience. It's more like a niche kind of product app. Wait up, sell it. It was specifically fun for me. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that I like to work with all the search engine optimization or SEO, as they call it, yes, for yes, our YouTube right? channel and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So Morning Fame is another one of those tools. We've used TubeBuddy. We've used Vid. IQ, we've right. tried, you know, to help us with tags and things like that. It's not enough just to create content. You've got to game the system in order to get your content seen. So that's why you kind of have to use this stuff. Yeah, we've learned. You have to get the algorithm to promote your stuff. You have to get people to want to click on your videos or your podcast. Or to find it. You create the content, but you've still got to create things like titles and thumbnails and tags and descriptions and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Because it's got to rise up high enough toward the top for people to see it. They're not going to go 20 pages exactly. deep. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Morning Fame 
takes a slightly different tract than the other ones that we've used before. Morning Fame actually focuses more on the titling and thumbnail, which is something that we've recently been exploring with our YouTube channel, mm -hmm. trying to maybe not spend as much time on the tags and descriptions and spend more time on the titles and thumbnails. Couple of neat little features. If you type in a subject, say you type in Buck Rogers, it gives you a list of other searchable description title kind of things. And it says, okay, here's how they would rank from a person who's not logged into YouTube for your channel. Oh, hmm. oh so it's kind of automating the research that you were already doing. In the a background, lot right? of it. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's a very solid nice. product. I'm using the free version right now, which means I get to use that part of the tool once for 24 hours every two weeks. Ooh. Yeah. Boy, yeah, it's, it's a, a busy 24 model. hours. Yeah. yeah <laughs> for 24 hours, you can cram a bunch of work in. After that, you got to wait two more weeks on their free model. <laughs> they also have help with the descriptions and the tagging as well. There's ways that it shows you how tags not only rank in searches, but also how tags feed each other, which is kind of nice. I haven't seen that in a tool hmm. before. Like this tag helps feed 7% of the searches for this tag. The other nice thing that I like about it a lot is that the people behind it are reaching out personally to people, sending them reports and saying, hey, let's talk about it. Can we get on an email chain? I'm looking forward to using it. I might even pay for it. Hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, John, have you got anything that you've been looking at? Sure. Yeah. So I have another uh, tech toy that I can't stop purchasing. So <laughs> as we're doing our video production, we're always looking at uh, ways to make it simpler or easier or more efficient. And I have a, a great LED light, like a ring light that's just on a stand and it's different colors and everything, but it's got to plug it in. So it's one more thing you got to plug in. So the oddity is I've got a camera that's got a big battery on it and it lasts like six hours. And then I have to find a power outlet to plug in the light, which is, well, crap, you know, especially if you travel with it, then it becomes difficult to on the, on the fly get, oh, to get sure. lighting. Right. I went looking online for something that was uh, battery powered that I could get some light uh, for video productions. So I went looking, I mean, LED is the big thing now because it produces yeah. so much light for low power consumption. Low energy. Sure. So the company you probably heard of, called, I don't know if it's pronounced Neware or Newer. It's like newer with two E's at the front. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a solid company. Yeah. Yeah. So I found a little bar light from them. It's, it's maybe about the size of a paperback book, a little longer maybe. It's just this, uh, this little light. It's got a tripod mount and a shoe and whatever. But the idea is that it has like a battery pack on the back because I want to try it out and see what it would do. So I got it, opened it, plugged the battery pack in, turned on the light. I was blind for 45 minutes. Amazing <laughs> light. I was stunned by how much light could come out of this little bar light. Oh man, it's not only dimmable, it's got a little LCD on the back that shows you the power, the level it's set to, and you can tune it from cool to warm even. I mean, it's oh, more than just- doesn't ask. Yeah, that was my next yeah. question. The light. Like, is, it, is it colder light? Is it warmer? Yeah, wow, cold nice. light, warm light. It's pretty powerful. Wow. Both a, <laughs> a feature standpoint and from a my retinas are have not forgiven me yet standpoint, <laughs> really blown away with just how much light could come out of these things. So John, so how much is this going to set me and George back? <laughs> it's about 40 bucks. Oh, okay. It's not bad. It's not <laughs> bad. So George, we could we could live with that, right? Well, I mean, I've already got let me see. One, two, three, <laughs> yeah, four. Yeah, but you have one on. that's dimmable. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I do. I mean, I was thinking to myself, the way he described this one, my studio lights that I have that I think might be that Neware, Newer, however you say that name, mm -hmm. I think it might be the same company. They're a larger version of what he's describing. They have the warm and the cold settings and dimmable and all that kind of stuff. But those so, are powered, right? To plug them in? That, well, they're powered, but they also do have battery pack options. They but do. you have to get okay. two of those ca camera batteries. Oh, 
boy. to put oh in boy, them. Yeah. And yep. you couldn't, this one came I with wouldn't a shoe mount any one of these lights. They're too big for a shoe mount. Yeah, this one has a hot shoe adapter for the for the tripod mount. Right. So you can get, you can put it right on top of your camera, you know, with a microphone and you put them together. And being smaller, it sounds like easy to travel with. You could literally throw it in your back pocket. You could, it would stick out, <laughs> but it's not so thick. It's maybe a half inch thick. That's nice. Pretty damn cool. How long does the battery last on it? I don't know. Haven't run out yet. Yeah, you can't see when it goes out anyway. He, he turns it on and blinds yeah, him. Right. You can't see when the light's right. going out. That's right. As soon as I turn it on, the world is dark to me anyway. I have no idea when the light goes out. <laughs> so if you're looking for any kind of production, a light like that is, uh, I would recommend it. It's pretty awesome. That sounds so great. Throw some light. We'll put some links in the show notes down there so we can buy it. Absolutely. We will. Mo, you're the one who was uh, dying to nourish your inner nerd. Yeah. What do you got? What are you looking at? This is one that is really cool and I'm hoping that it's an app by the way it seems like it actually solves a real world problem that I never knew even existed okay, wow, okay. I wouldn't have cared right. until I saw this thing okay here's the situation my office because we do sports and stuff there's TVs all over the place right and they're all of course on mute right because you don't want to disturb people working have you guys ever been in that similar kind of situation where you see something on TV and you wonder what the hell are they saying or what they're doing? Yeah, usually when I'm at lunch at a sports bar or something and then yes, all the TVs exactly. are I got a feeling on, I know but... where this is going. I know where this yep. is going. Go ahead. There's an app called Tunity. What you do is you actually take a picture of what you're seeing on TV it finds the channel and plays the audio. Get out of town. It's a remote audio source. That's freaking cool. And it has like adjustments. You get to, and now it's, it doesn't like it tries to get as close as it can. But of course, you know, different transmission times. It's going to be off by a little bit. Yeah. But it has these little fine tuning things. So you could make the audio <laughs> go forward a little bit, back a little bit. So you, so you get it just right. So you sync it up, right? You take a picture of the TV. You take a picture of the TV. It figures out That's what you're watching. Crazy. Now, it doesn't do it for like recorded movie. It has to be live broadcast. Sure, but it's like sporting event broadcast, or news like a sports or, yeah. thing or mm-hmm. whatever. The guy told me about it at work, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, right. Tell me about it." So I sit there, and of course, something was on TV. I got to tune in, I lined it up, took a little picture, and damn, if it didn't work, <laughs> I'll sit there oh, like, "Man, this welcome is to wild. the future." Yeah, you know what that would be good for too. Like you talked about all the TVs being silent, and you want to hear what's going on with it. I've been in lots of sports bars and things where all the TVs are playing, but they only have the volume of one TV over their speakers. Right. Sure. This is great for that situation, too. If you're watching a different TV, but you can't hear your audio because they've got it piping on one of the other TVs, now you can listen to your program to hell with the rest of them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things I'm like, how the hell can this work? But it does. <laughs> That's cool as hell. So, Tunity. And, and of course, again, it's like, I never realized that this was actually a problem. But then I'm like, yeah, I can't remember how many times I've been like, in a restaurant, yeah. you see something on TV, you're like, what the hell? They just, like, there's a big explosion. What the hell are they saying? <laughs> well, it's a problem that I only thought you could fix by asking for the TV to be turned up. I didn't realize right. there was a tech. Technology fix for this. Personal listening device. All right. So, and it's free. That's awesome. Even better. I'm checking it out. <laughs> yep. I'll definitely have a link for this sucker. Thanks, Mo. And now some typical consumer reaction to an exciting Pizza Hut offer. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, 
Strap in and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. Games! Wow. It's, Is it over? No, no. I'm still going to do that. <laughs> yes, it's time to talk about games. Regardless of my two co-hosts making fun of my intros, I'm still going to do them. Bringing to you every week a new and unique way to start the topic of video games off. So guys, what the hell is everybody playing right now? Oh, and you said it. What is everybody yep. playing? You're right. And what everybody is playing with us. So let me start with something that every, all three of us have played, which is the new Life is Strange. Life is Strange 2. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So have you guys both yep. finished the first episode? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I got to tell you the truth that the first episode, again, it's a video game. It made me angry mm-hmm. at parts. It evoked emotions. Yeah. I was like, this is a game and I'm pissed off at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to punch him right now. And I can't because he's not real. Oh, yeah. 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 There's one person in that game toward the end of that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I get a hold of that son of a bitch. Talking, I'm yep. kicking his ass in real life. That's all there is to it. I know. I was like, ah. I was like, where's my character that I could control my joystick and have him come into this thing and just kick this guy's ass? <laughs> right. So now that we've all three been through it, so and not everybody has, so stay spoiler free as you yeah, can. But Mo, I want to know what you thought. This joins the lineage of some powerful yeah. content. What do you think of this first episode of Life is Strange 2 in the pantheon of the Life is Strange universe? I enjoyed it. I thought the very first opening sequence totally grabbed me. Like I was hooked after watching right. the first like 30 second with, with police camera view. Mm-hmm. But then I thought it just got like, a little slow. I mean, going around collecting wood is not the most exciting thing in the world. <laughs> All <laughs> right. I didn't see how that really helped advance the story a lot. But then when it kind of got back into the story part, I thought it, it picked up right up again and was great through the end. Okay. George, what do you think? Well, all right. So I'll start off with the opening sequence that Mo was referencing a little while ago. The part of the story that led up to all of that and everything that happens thereafter, man. Powerful. When it gets to that point when you Best realize that's episode, what's happening, think, yeah. you're like, oh shit. God, damn, no, son of a, no, stop. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. mean to choose that. Damn it. Yep. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yep. Back and forth with the emotions. Yeah, then, yeah. you know, the episode... <laughs> If the episode had stopped right there, I would have thought yeah. that was the full episode one. I'd have been irritated that I had to wait for the next one, but then it kept going. And that's the part that was like, okay, now strap yep. in. I am down yeah. with this game for life. I love the fact that even though Life is Strange, the original and Before the Storm and all the other iterations that they've done with Life is Strange, mm-hmm. I love the fact that they paid homage to those characters a little bit in a couple of spots, but I'm already bought in to this new story. Not that I've forgotten the wonderful stories from the other games. But I don't feel like I have to give them up, and yet I'm still totally bought in. If this was my first experience in the Life is Strange universe, I would still be just as bought in. John, I mean, what about you? Yeah, a little bit of an echo of what uh, what Mo had said. I also thought it moved a little more slowly compared to. Well, I, I'm drawing. I'm directly comparing it to the first Life is right. Strange because this is the first one that's literally called Two. This is the direct yeah. <laughs> follow up. Right? Yeah. Compared to the first one, it moved a lot more slowly, I, and I it didn't bother me. I'm just observing it did move more slow. I wasn't upset with it. I enjoyed it. Again, I know why what we're doing. We're investing in the characters. We're getting to know them. We're spending mm-hmm. time with them. That's okay. But one thing I did miss was like, uh, we're leading up to this slightly paranormal thing that was teased at the very end of this episode. In the first Life is Strange, you get the ability to use Max Caulfield's paranormal power thing. Immediately. In the first episode. Yeah. You're in it. You get to use it. Don't want to spoil it. Whatever is happening in this one, you don't even touch it here. It's just something that happens in the no. background. This is all about character development. So I would have liked to have gotten into that a little sooner. 
I'm sure episode two is going to, it looks like it's going to pick up right from there and I'm going to start getting into that stuff. Yeah, not disappointed at all, except for the fact that now I have to wait for whenever the hell the second episode oh, I know. comes Did they have a date? <laughs> and I tried so hard not to finish this damn episode. Did you? Yeah. Like I put it down and like 30 minutes later, be like, damn it. I, uh, 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 God, give <laughs> yep. me that controller. And I'd have to go back and play it. Yeah. Let me oh, tell you, you don't want to stop. I, mean, I was, I did the same thing until that, but the problem was I got to the whole gas station part. Oh, you're done. You got to finish. And yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> stop. I'm like, all right, this is it. I, no. I, I got to find out what happens yep. at the end of this. So. Again, which is what they intended. It's like the most addictive crack-laced potato chip <laughs> type of thing that you could ever imagine. Like you can't, it, it's like you just have to keep shoving it in. It's, oh, Before we man. leave Life is Strange I 2, I assume that in the first one, both of you saved Arcadia Bay, right? Yes, I did. Yes. And it, did you answer that at the beginning? You said, yes, yeah, I, I saved Arcadia Bay. Yes. I did. So if you haven't yet, you should look online okay. to find out what happens if you answer the other way. Ooh. I'm assuming that tied into mm-hmm. the month, to the- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where they, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I figured it. Yeah, you should yeah, check. Yeah, you yeah. should check it out. Yeah, it's a little soul crushing. Yeah, I, I thought about that too because I'm like, wow, what would happen yeah. to this story if I did the other thing? You know? Yeah, it, it, it's subtle. Doesn't impact the story so much, but it's definitely impactful if you played the first one. So it's worth seeing. Oh, that's very cool. Cool. Great. So we all played that one. Has anybody yeah. been playing anything else specifically by themselves without the either two or maybe a little less deep? <laughs> I got to give a quick shout out to something that I came across. You guys know that I'm peripherally interested in a arcade game called Donkey Kong. Peripherally, like the way George is with comic books, right? Are you sure you like Donkey Kong? <laughs> I don't think that's, I think you're not telling the truth. I think you've got like some kind of sponsorship deal and you don't really care that's right, about the right. game at all. 1981 Nintendo is paying me from the past. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some residuals. <laughs> right? I was going to say $81. Those are worth like a lot more now. That's great. Yeah, cool. yeah. Not adjusted. You'll recall that they have done some modifications to Donkey Kong, some ROM hacks. We looked at Donkey Kong oh, yeah. 2. You showed me one that was just ridiculous. You might remember, George, when we went to the convention you and I went to, they had this thing called Donkey Kong Remix. Where yeah. It was actually a, a mm-hmm. board you add to a real Donkey Kong machine, but it's never been a ROM right. before. But in celebration of Halloween, the same guys that did the remix released a ROM for free called Donkey Kong Spooky Remix. Oh, okay. And you can get it just nice. for going to the Donkey Kong forum, signing up. You can download the ROM. It plays in MAME. Amazing. And we took a look at it during a live stream on the YouTube channel the other day. I really enjoyed it. Not only was it the first opportunity to really, it's kind of a reskinning of that remix game you can't play otherwise. The hammers are turned into axes and the barrels are turned into pumpkins. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot more to the game. Cool. All right. Because they didn't just change like character pictures around, right? They actually changed some of the game mechanics. Oh yeah, like different levels, like six more levels and twists on existing levels and kind of reimaginings of the girder level and the rivet level, yeah, and different rules. So this was the live stream you just did just the other day, right? That's it, that's right. Okay, Yep. all right. So, and the replay is available if you have any interest in that. And we'll put a link in the uh, notes down below where you can go and get the ROM yourself in the Donkey Kong forum. Absolutely. Now Mo, there's something else that you have been playing and this is a new game that just dropped that you have played the entire legacy of haven't you oh yeah for sure it was the assassin's creed line and uh the game specifically is the new assassin's creed odyssey which just came out a few days ago okay takes place in greece so it's a little different it's a lot of the same as the other games which isn't a bad thing i think they had a lot of really good things going on in their previous games and they changed some stuff around though some of the game mechanics which i kind of find a little interesting you know how when you play like some of these games like laura croft or any of these other ones that you know your goal is find the idol or whatever it is you have to find mm-hmm, right and they'll pull a marker on your map that you're supposed to go to right yes right you have a waypoint yeah waypoints they have an option for you not to get that pass where instead people say <laughs> <laughs> there's 
not enough time in my life to wander around looking for where the waypoint should be. Well, no, it's not that you have to find it randomly, though. They tell you where things are. Okay. But they say like, oh, it's south of the blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. And you'll yep. when you're here. So it's an option. And luckily, yep. they were smart enough to give it as an option and not make you do it. <laughs> so, so are you doing that? Yes, I am. Oh. And it's actually not that hard. Okay. It's actually pretty, they made it, I think they purposely didn't want people like you to get discouraged, like trying to find something. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, this island is south of this area and it has a shipwreck on a shore. So you're okay. So you kind of go to the area, you can look around and you find it. And then when you get close, you know, it tells you when you're close also. So that gives you some, a lot of hints. The one thing they don't have in this game, which I kind of miss, even though I generally never actually read them. When you go to a historical area, uh-huh. they usually have a thing where you hit a button and it tells you about it. This was built in the Peloponnesian era. But right. A little history lesson baked in. They took that out. Hmm. They don't have well, it. Well, because of people like you who didn't read them, Mo. <laughs> I read them occasionally. I mean, like, like with the, the Egypt, Egypt one, you know, when they had something about the pyramids, I read every single one of those because pyramids are cool. So, and you would think this being in Greece. Yeah, there's tons of that's places. That's just ripe for all kinds of historical information. Huh. Yeah. So I'm not sure why they took that out or maybe it's a little harder to find than it used to be. Overall, though, it's it's I'm enjoying it. It's fun. You know, it's a little different. Like your character is not an assassin yet, I guess. I mean, I'm assuming he becomes one at some point. I'm enjoying it. So I'm having a good time. So how deep it. are you into it? And uh, what rating would you give it so I'm far? Four hours. Okay. Very, very so early. Far. All right. Yeah. And, and I tell you, I'm like at the second location okay. and there is at least a dozen or more. So how many tokens would you give it based on your current experience? You think you're going to keep playing it? So far, I would give it four. Okay. Okay. What about the Cory system? You feel like you're going to get your Corys out? Oh, of it? yeah. I'm definitely going to get my Corys out of this one because it's one of these things that I know that um, I'm going to finish it regardless. <laughs> so I'm definitely <laughs> Just because get my it's Corys. Assassin's Creed and you're, you're, you're required. <laughs> because it's Assassin's Creed, I'm going to do it. All right. How about you, George? You been playing anything good? So as this podcast releases, uh, the game will have started the day before on Wednesday. Oh, okay. This podcast is going to release on Thursday. There's already been kind of a preamble to the game. The game is called Hashtag No Filter. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like another game that was played back in 2001. Do either of you guys remember the EA game called Majestic? The oh, name rings a bell, is but that, I'm not. Did they like connect things up? Like you get phone calls and stuff and emails? Okay, uh-huh. vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So July 31st, 2001, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And one of the people I worked with turned me into this game called Majestic that was first starting right then based on a science fiction thriller called majestic mm-hmm. 12 that was a game that combined things like your telephone number a fax mm-hmm. machine <laughs> going on the web even remember aim aol oh, that's right yeah yeah yeah. Yep. yeah yeah blackberry specific messages the whole nine yards this thing would reach out to you like when you first signed up for the game you would provide all those informational points and then this game would at weird hours reach out to you in strange ways like you get a phone call in the middle of the night kind of injected the story of the game into your real life and you never knew when it was going to happen. Exactly. Okay. Oh, so you're saying it actually would yeah. call you, like you would yeah. actually get a oh, phone yeah. call. With pre-recorded messages the whole nine yards. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> that's what hashtag no filter is. It's a similar thing. Now, this has been created by the people at Pseudonym Productions. There is no way in hell that I'm going to get my Corys oh, out no. of this game. 
Really? <laughs> no, it's not even going to be close. I signed up for the full VIP package because I love what this company has done in the past. George is a full Monty. I paid $89. Hmm. Yeah. That's almost as much as a pop vinyl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say more expensive than that. I thought it was going to go higher. They have already set up stuff on Twitter, Instagram, like a whole bunch of other Tumblr. Snapchat, stuff like that, probably. The basic premise of the game is that the government has decided that all the social media platforms are really horrible. And so they've mandated that every citizen of the United States has to log in and create an account on this new social media platform that is a government sponsored platform. And none of the other platforms will be available after that. Mm, what could and go the wrong? platform is called Connections. <laughs> it's like the resistance, maybe people in the other networks. Or... Well, it's going back and forth. Like I said, it's in the preliminary stages right now. So right now there's a bunch of posts on the other social media platforms like on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, videos from the characters that are in the game, the actors. I've already gotten four phone calls, which has been kind of neat. <laughs> Before it started. Interesting. <laughs> this sounds yeah. absolutely yeah. compelling and fascinating. My biggest problem would be I would have to start answering unknown phone calls that I normally send straight yeah. to spam. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's the biggest yeah, challenge. I don't pick, if I don't know the no. number, I don't pick if it up. If it's just a number, I ignore it because it could be, it's, it's usually garbage. So it's probably this might be the thing I paid for and it's garbage probably <laughs> right runs for six weeks I believe oh so and okay. then it's done wow that's why I'm saying there's no way I'm gonna get my right, cores because right, right. there's no way I'm gonna be 89 hours worth well, of but gameplay you'll be immersed although... in it thinking about it because it kind of it, it still yeah. seems in real life I mean, I'm fascinated we're gonna make sure to put a link down yeah. below because I want to yeah, I want to know sure. more yeah me too because this I mean, like, especially the texting part, I'd have no problem with, right? right. Easy, sure. yeah. It does sound intriguing, though. Damn it. You, you've got to stop talking about this. I'm getting too interested. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm asking all these questions because it's interesting. You know? it. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. Mm-mm. All right. We uh, we expect an update in a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm still here. <laughs> Buddy Ebsen returns in a two-hour NBC family special. A young boy faces the challenge of his life to save his grandfather and their ranch. Stone Fox, Monday. Before we wind it down, of course, we always like to look at what we are looking forward to between now and the next time we all get together. Mo, let's start with you. What do you got coming up? Oh, sure. Well, technically, this has already come out, but I haven't watched it yet. So that's why I'm still looking forward right. to it. We'll, we'll give you a pass. <laughs> uh, the Man in High Castle, the third season, dropped on Amazon. Mm, oh, yeah. Yep. And so I haven't watched any of it yet. I know nothing about it, so I'm looking forward to like binge watching it at some point over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that one looks pretty interesting. I just started rewatching season two, so mm. all right. How about you, George? Well, I'm really super looking forward to season three of Daredevil. Yeah, on I heard some good things. Yeah, that preview looks yeah. really interesting, didn't it? The trailers. The trailers look. I stayed away from the trailers, so I can't say oh, if they looked interesting that, or not. See, George believed trailers are spoilers. Remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I do. They are spoilers. No, this trailer. By their they're nature. not. They're, they're not teasers. spoilers. Oh, jeez. Anyway, anyway, the trailers looked interesting. It got me interested in the season, so I'm definitely gonna be looking forward to. We it won't too. spoil the trailers for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> from a couple of things that I've gleaned, it does look like Vincent D'Onofrio's Fisk character is gonna yeah. play an integral part that's in great. this season, yeah. which I'm yeah, really looking good. forward to. That he guy plays the hell out of anything yep. and him playing Fisk. That's like, yep, a, that's yeah. just brilliant casting. Yeah, great casting. Yeah. When does that drop? Uh, that actually drops on October the 19th. All right. All right. Awesome. You know, it seems like everything we're looking forward to is 
on new media. It's on streaming services, it's not on the networks <laughs> or uh, the films, because uh, what I'm right. looking forward to comes out the day after this podcast on the Friday, uh, and it's the second season of Making a Murderer. Oh, I didn't know that, that came out the second season. Oh, cool. That was the guy who got accused of murder Hell and yeah. then they did the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. There's a second, second season? season. What is he? Did it's he get a accused person, again? I think. What the hell happened? Well, I don't know a lot about it, but it's still going back to the Stephen Avery case. Really? We're seeing it from a different angle because after huh. that documentary was over, there were still appeals. There was still stuff happening. Right, right. So it's the same filmmakers. They're digging deeper into that same story. Now, whether they do more beyond that, I don't know, but... I remember vividly the first time I watched that documentary. I was on a plane, actually, uh, to Alaska. I had a long way to go. I had a long flight. And <laughs> I, long I flight. binged the whole thing. And after every episode, my jaw was open. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Well done, documentary series in the second season. More Stephen Avery lunacy on Netflix the day after All this right. drops on the Friday. Oh, man, can't wait for that. Wow. Holy cow. Maybe we watch the first season. We got an Amazon Prime and two Netflix yeah. series. Is That's that right. Yeah, yeah, you got basically. it. That's just yeah, crazy. It's a sign of the times. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is a classic confrontation. He's digging in. Here's the delivery. And there it goes. He's going back, back, way back. It is going, going. It is gone. Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. That will wrap it up for another episode of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another regular episode. And next week, the backtrack where we pick a single topic and dig in deep. The backtrack next week is all about Generation X future predictions. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it sounds exciting. I'm scared. <laughs> Don't be. Tune in and you'll know what it's all about. I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, always appreciate you. Yeah, always fun, man. And fourth listener, we appreciate you being here most of all. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. See you guys. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. But at the top, lovely. At the, at the top, lovely. Lovely? <laughs> I can't even start. What Corey, the, he was talking about you. We, I don't know. I, I thought about we Corey. were having no. like tea and crumpets there for a second. What the fuck was that about? It's yeah, brilliant. <laughs> can't get the words together. Shit. Oh, I was up late. Give me a break. <clears throat> you know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of Seven Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.